You don't have to. No, I don't like you. I think you're a fake cop. The sound of your piss hitting the urinal? It sounds feminine. Mm -hmm. If we were in the wild, I would attack you. Even if you weren't in my food chain, I would go out of my way to attack you. If I were a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you. And then I'd bang your tuna girlfriend. Okay, first off, a lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't like water. If you'd placed it near a river or some sort of fresh water source, that makes sense. But you find yourself in the ocean, 20-foot waves, I'm assuming it's off the coast of South Africa, coming up against a full-grown 800-pound tuna with his 20 or 30 friends, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of ten. And guess what? You've wandered into our school of tuna, and we now have a taste of lion. We've talked to ourselves. We've communicated yeah. and said, you know what? Lion tastes good. Let's go get some more lion. We've developed a system to establish a beachhead and aggressively hunt you and your family. And we will corner your, your pride, your children, your offspring. How are you going to do that? We will construct a series of breathing apparatus with kelp. We will be able to trap certain amounts of oxygen. It's not going to be days at a time, but an hour, hour 45, no problem. That will give us enough time to figure out where you live, go back to the sea, get more oxygen, and then stalk you. You just lost your own game. You're outgunned and outmanned. Fifty-five golfers will not be headed to Olympia Fields Country Club next week for the BMW Championship. And this week's Northern Trust is going to sort all of that mess out. The PGA Tour heads back to Massachusetts and the TPC Boston. Last time the tour was here, 2018. But the cut line is here to break down the Northern Trust. But first, Hope Canada... Hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, hello Ireland, Spain, Germany, Sweden, Ireland, Austria, and wait for it, newcomer, South Africa. Wow. Yeah. You ever been? I have not. I have. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's a great country. Went shark diving there. Nice. Yeah. Went, uh, saw some lions. Saw some lions. Saw some lions. All right, that's cool fantastic. thing. That's fantastic. All right. So, thanks for tuning in weekly as the cut line breaks down in-depth analysis of DraftKings PGA in the PGA Tour. So, if you're new to the cut line, I had no idea those beer cans were going to blow like that. You left them on a vibrating bed. What did you think was going to happen? We're going to do the best we can to get you some cash. And if you're a returning listener. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Go and get some green. Okay, so uh, we have to... We, we really have to get this out of the way. We just have to get this out of the way You're now. A stupid dumbass. Because yes, last week... Hello. 
This show had a different title. Last week, I was host of the Suck Line, and hence, I am this week's Dumbass Award. No, come on. Yeah. Yes, yes. As I am Mike Cavalunis at Lunis on Twitter, and I am so happy to announce I am this week's dumbass. This is the guy who said play Brooks Kepka and fade Patrick Reed, fade Paul Casey, fade Webb Simpson. I mean, I don't even want to add all the bad plays in there. It's all right. Oh. Uh, uh. So hopefully this week I can be that same great host of the cut line. But yeah, this week's dumbass goes right here. Like, oh, it was brutal. I'm sorry it was the, it was the first time since our return from the from the COVID break where I didn't cash anywhere. Oh, that hurts. Anywhere. That hurts. So four hundred dollars gone. Whew. It's just money, right? That's all right. It's always next week. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get some money this week. Thank you. But this show can't be done without the 6K Maestro. You would have walked me off some serious ledges last week. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> he's Martin Pillar's ever so casual fan. Shoots 100 on the golf course, but he's number one in your hearts. He's that. Limo riding, Rolex wearing, jet plane riding, don't sleep till Brooklyn, badass. My time, Manafort, zero iron, Zach. The Zima drinking, Cleveland steaming. One hell of a man's man. Found on Twitter at EaglesFan83. Zach Manafort. Zach, how are you doing, my friend? Man, it was been a, it's been a heck of a week. I'm sorry I missed last week. It was a COVID crisis here, so we had we were... It was just bad, but everyone's negative that I work with now, so or at least the ones that are positive are locked down, so we're good. Everything's back to normal, sort of, uh, and I'm happy to be back. The new normal. The new oh, normal. It is dude. what it is. We were waiting for it. It was only a matter of time, and it, and it just popped up. Unfortunately, it popped up on a, on a Sunday right before we started, right, day before we were going to record. Crushed last yeah, it was week. awful. Crushed. I didn't even get to play. I was so tied up until Wednesday, I, I didn't even have a chance rushed oh man so uh, <laughs> let's just go straight into the good bad the ugly um you didn't play so you don't gotta have anything but well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt for a second because i didn't i wasn't here last week so i have to go back a week before that we made a, a crazy little disagreement on tiger woods back back then and you were high on him and i said i'd be surprised if he finishes higher you know, i guarantee he'd be like 38th he finished 37th I was pretty close, so that's my good, and then my bad and ugly is I didn't play last week, but I did have a good. Fair enough. Pretty my much good last up. my good last week was Sung J M. Uh, yeah. Obviously came back to form on those Bermuda greens. Yeah. My bad again. I keep eat. I keep buying him. Is Tommy Fleetwood just does not pull <laughs> through, especially at the price point. And of course, my ugly is one Brooks Kepka, who is quite literally on the cusp of replacing. Sergio Garcia. Oh wow! I know, I know. That's wow. hard to do. But oh well. Yeah. Yeesh. 
Now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Northern Trust at TPC Boston. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax greenside sun traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Mm. There it is. Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lined up in the green, but so is your bankroll. The cut line is here to give you the plays and best builds week in and week out. One million dollars. We want to make sure that you are in the Wiener's Circle and the winners, number one in the tournaments, and make sure that you are getting six of six through the cut line. Zach, you weren't here for this, but woo. new gambling segment. You're tickling my fancy. Okay, wait for it. Here's the new intro. Wait for it. You're Nick Papa Giorgio. You're from Yuma, Arizona. You're into software. I never kid about money. And you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. Woo, that's hot. That is I'm hot. more excited than I was 20 seconds ago. Fire. I'm going to reload my account right now. Thanks. Fire. All right, this is our new gambling segment. Uh, apparently, people like to spend money on a golf even more than they already do, so we figured we uh, find new ways to spend it. I, we need we need a new name for this gambling segment. I, we do. I, I thought like ripping off my old football podcast, which was called One Night in Vegas, but we can't do that. We need to come up with a new name, but um, we're working on it. Today, we are going to give you two long shots and two kind of solid plays that I think we could pay out this weekend. I think so. I think we got some good ones. I'm going to start with Mr. Neiman at 125 to 1. And I think a lot of people are not going to take this bet based on his performance last weekend, missing the cut. But look, we're no longer on Bermuda Greens. We are on Bent Greens. I like Neiman at this price. 125 to 1. It's a pretty good call. Second long shot, Mr. Varner the third at 100 to 1. That's really, I mean, those odds are crazy on him. Dude, he's been playing really well. And if we remember last year, he just lit up the postseason for postseason golf. I think there's a lot of value here in this, like, with these golfers who can score and potentially win a tournament. Um, would like to mention that I think both these guys are, are, are valid each way plays as well. So True. Yep. All right. Who do you got? Long shots. Uh, I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, Griot at 150 to 1. Uh, he's loved. I know. I don't. I don't. I really don't love him. And I try to find any way I can not to play him. But I think when you look at the when we start doing gambling segments, I mean, it wasn't but a couple weeks ago where he finished third at 3M Open. I mean, he's done well here as well in the past. Uh, 150 to 1, I'm willing to take a shot or two. And then my second long shot, I think, will be Mr. Another guy I don't usually play on DFS is Doc Redman. <clears throat> but I think at 140 to 1, he makes a, a great... I mean, a great investment. I mean, he got third at the Wyndham, 29th at the PGA. Uh, he's been playing decent golf. I mean, he has a chance. I mean, he got second at the Rocket Mortgage back in June. I mean, we know he can compete when he's on. I mean, why not? 140 to 1? Sure, I'll take a shot. Nice, nice. All right, so one of my kind of like mid-carders here at 
at 80 to 1, Louis. I'm going straight to Louis. You look at his course history here, 31st, 30th, 8th, and 12th. Um, looking at 2018 to 2015. No miscuts. Always competes in these big boy tournaments. 80 to 1. I'll take those odds. Go the each way on him, too. And yeah, no. no? No interest? No, I mean, no. I mean, why not? Yeah, it makes sense. Kind of feels the same boat here. It would be Gary Woodland, 24th, 18th, 15th, 12th, and 29th. So he's never missed a cut here. Um, he's never top 10 here, though which is a concern. So we'll see what happens, but Gary Woodland at 66 to 1. Two pretty good plays. I like that. I like that. So for me, I think I'm going to go with Tony Fino at 28 to 1. He's been playing decent golf and putting himself together. He came off a, a little rough stretch for a while, but we saw him get fourth last week. He got third at 3M. He got eighth at the Memorial. Um, but, you know, since we came back from the season, he struggled. Then he's been on fire. So I think he carries that. Uh, into this week his tee to green game is on fire uh minus the saint jude which whatever i'll throw that out uh, and that's exactly what you need here you need a complete game and Finau seems to have got it back together so i think he can compete at 28 to 1 and then i think at one of everyone's favorites and it's gonna be pretty chalky but at 30 to 1 patrick Cantlay, it's only a matter of time i mean this is this is right up his alley yeah i i hear you that's uh, it's not a bad play right there um I, you know, I wanted to add one more guy. Who? Joel Dahman. Yeah, you know, yeah, I like that. What's what's his odds? Like what? One sixty? Oh, uh, one fifty. That was close. Yeah, one fifty to one. So like, recent results, you know, kind of favor him. Well, I, I don't know. I, I I like Joel Dahman, but he's an option. He's in play. Doc Redman, I think, was a great call too, being that he finished third last weekend, twenty ninth. He's in good form. Yeah, I mean, it's all, all it takes. HV, I mean, HV3 seventh last weekend, 29th, tied for 29th at the PGA. So we'll see. We'll see how these work out. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's a good start. So, that yeah, that's our new segment. Maybe we'll uh, have a, a listener name it, and we'll give him a nice prize. So maybe we'll shoot that out on Twitter. Zach will send you some of his golf balls. Hot hey, well, I got like 600 of them from uh, County Ohio Bay up in uh, northern Oahu. All right. So, Zach, it's Wednesday night. Lineups are due the next day. What are you going to be doing? So, Wednesday night, I'm actually playing on a glow-in-the-dark par-3 course here. So, I'm going to be trying not to get hit in the head with uh, flying laser balls, apparently, because we're running some sort of work event, and it's going to be incredibly dangerous playing with people who've never played golf before. So, I may come back with a concussion. Who knows? It sounds gimmicky. Is it? I don't know. It's real. I might die. We also might get put back into lockdown in the state by then, so we might actually not have it. So, never know. Could go either way. Mm, no more phase four for you. We are headed backwards. It's only a matter of time. This week at some point. Okay. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be checking out the ownership on fanshare.sports.com. Knew it. Looking for leverage? The best leverage in the industry is on FanshareSports.com where you can get the most accurate ownership projections for every PGA tournament. How do I know this? Because I complete, calculate, and compile those ownership projections. Now, not a member of Fanshare Sports? Easy fix. FanshareSports.com. In the discount code option, write the word CUTLINE. 
you get 20% off your monthly membership. Remember, ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. This week, the PGA Tour trials the TPC Boston for the Northern Trust. Players might be motivated, or they aren't. <laughs> I'm going to go with they aren't. But really? the U.S. Open's right around the corner. But do you need distance here? Do you need the long ball accuracy? There are going to be many factors facing our PGA Tour players this if they don't want their season to end in the top 70 for the FedEx Cup standing. Zach, what are the golfers looking at this weekend? Ooh, TPC Boston. So we're par 71, 7,350 yards. Not a very difficult course. Ranked 37th out of 49 courses when it was last played back in 2018. Far, ooh, for that. Whatever I was going to say. Four par threes, 11 par fours, and three par fives, which with the par fours being actually the easier ones to score on, which is interesting. Um, not really much to say on the green size, about average, 5,800 square feet. Not really much water in play here, only four water hazards, 64 bunkers, and it was designed by Mr. Arnold Palmer himself with some renovations done uh, by Gil Hansey. So that takes care of that. Looking at the weather, it is going to be pretty good for golf. Thursday, Friday, don't look bad at all. Uh, pretty much five to nine mile an hour winds on Thursday. Uh, three to ten uh, on Friday. And the same thing on Saturday and Sunday. With a little bit of rain, maybe Saturday night. Like .04 inches at night. So I think it'll play pretty dry. I think it'll play pretty calm. Um, so there won't really be an edge here, which is good or bad, depending on uh, who you got in your lineup. So take that into consideration. We're looking at guys that play good with no wind or need some luck and don't have to fight the wind. Um, so based on all that, what I'm looking at this week is I'm kind of switching up a little bit. I'm adding a couple more stats than I usually do. Uh, really, it's strokes gained, ball striking for me, strokes gained, tee to green, GIRs gained, good drives, birdies better gained, and scrambling, which I usually always have. And then strokes gained, um, I'm sorry, what did I say? I don't even remember. But all those, oh, strokes gained par four, and that's what I want to mention, because most of the scoring is done here on the par four holes because there's 10, 11 of them. So that is where I'm waiting a lot uh, of my model into, and I'm going to be taking that with the last 50 rounds on par 71 courses in particular, and I'm going to be running that. So that's what I got this week. How about your key stats? Well, it's pretty straightforward for me. I'm going to look at strokes gain off the tee, good drives gained, look at ball striking, weight that very heavy. And then we're going to look at the par, par four specific, specifically. I want to look at that par four range from 450 to 500 yards. Um, we certainly want to look at strokes gain approach and DraftKings scoring. Looking for the scoring here. Um, so w when you look at the tournament history, you got some really unique finishes every year. Justin Thomas won in 2017, Bryson in 2018. Roy McIlroy in 2016. The funny thing is, the last last three years that they was played here, the top three price guys won the tournament. So it's it's going to be interesting how things unfold. Obviously, last year was the first year that this tournament was not part of. Well, this course was not part of the FedEx playoffs. Yep. So that's why there's a little gap there in between. It started switching with uh, uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on that little right. rotation, this course, that course, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's got to be better than last week, right? No, it. Well, luckily I didn't play last week, so. Oh, you would help. <laughs> I'm so. I'm actually really. I'm after looking at the leaderboard and kind of watching them over the weekend. I, I, I'm not disappointed that I didn't play. I feel like I'd have been the same way as you. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this takes us to our Birdie or Better segment where Zach and I will break down each tier of this week's DraftKings player pool all the way from the 11K range down to the 7K range. We're going to look at our favorite plays as well as golfer that we intend to fade or be underweight on. And we're most definitely going to start in that 11 to 10K range, which is loaded with Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, and Johnny Rahm, Colin Morikawa, who I said last week we are no longer going to see sub $10,000. Truth. Could be popular. All right, Zach. He will be, for sure. 11 to 10K range. Who do you like? Uh, So, usually I like no one, but I got two guys that I'm going to play this, this week, and I think Bryson's my like, clear and far away number one. I know he's 11-1, but, I mean, this course... You can bomb it and be accurate, and I think he's done both of those things really well. Uh, his off-the-tee game has been phenomenal over his last 10 rounds. He's gained 5.2 strokes on the field. Um, even his putter has been good. I mean, his only place he's struggled recently was the two two weeks he didn't play well at Memorial and St. Jude where he lost strokes on approach. And other than that, the dude top has top 10 everything going back to February. So... I don't know how you don't play him here. I mean, he's just far and away my favorite play in this range. I, I completely agree with you. DeChambeau is one of my favorite plays. Tied for fourth at the PGA Championship, 30th at the St. Jude. He missed the cut at the Memorial. You, you just look at him coming back and bombing everything. It's been phenomenal. His tournament history here is pretty impeccable. A win last year or two years ago, and then, of course, the tied for 30th in 2017. But that was a different Bryson DeChambeau. It was not yeah. the same guy, but obviously he has some comfort here being that he won in 2018. So, looking at him in my confidence. Confidence! Shambo ranks third. Third overall. That's exactly where I have him. Oh, I'm sorry. Second overall. Oh, he ranks uh, second overall behind Johnny Rahm. But, um... Yeah, I, I'm all with you on DeChambeau. I love the way his game sets up for this course, especially with the long ball. Like you said, you can win with different styles of golf, but... I mean, he is third in my overall model off the fairway, eighth in my approach model, seventh in my scoring model, and top 25 in my putting model. I, I don't know how you don't get some get some DeChambeau here. I just really don't. You, you have to. You have to. So the next guy I wanted to mention was Roy McIlroy. And... I keep going back to him simply because he's Rory McIlroy, right? He has not been the same Rory McIlroy since we've come back from the, our little COVID break. You, you look at recent results, you know, tied for 33rd at the PGA Championship, tied for 47th at the St. Jude, tied for 32nd at the Memorial, didn't play uh, didn't play the 3M Open or the Workday or the Wyndham. He's not top 20-ing. He's not top 30-ing. He's, he's sucking. How long is Rory McIlroy going to really play poorly? We're talking about a guy who's won here before, right? Won here in mm -hmm. 2016. I'm not going to say that was a different Rory. Rory's still a very young, talented golfer, one of the best in the world. I don't know how you don't go back to him. If you look in the last 50 rounds, 22nd in opportunities gained, 7th in birdies are better gained. But where he struggles on approach, he ranks 45th overall in the last 50 rounds. If he 
fixes that and that ball striking comes back to like it's it's normalized kind of like top 20 top 10 and we're talking about Rory McIlroy at 10-8 that is very dangerous yeah not this week why are, are, I mean are you if you don't I'm, play him this I'm gonna week play what are you gonna do you're gonna wait till Eastlake I don't know that I don't just I mean I'm, I'm treating him almost like the the DJ over the last couple of years like I don't know. Coming back from the break, he don't look right. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I don't want to pay that much to get on him and, and roll the dice when I could just play Bryson. Fair enough. I, I understand that. You, you save a few bucks going to Rory. Not much, but still. I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, I guess I'll probably be the least owned of the of this group. I mean, if you're going to go that angle. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that least owned's going to go to DJ. People are still not going to buy Dustin Johnson. Really? You don't think so? I mean, I'm still not, but I could see, I could start to see the reasoning now because we've got a couple, like two wins in a in a short period of time. Well, one in a second, I'm sorry, runner-up uh, in a short period of time and at 12th. So, I mean, I, I'm starting to see kind of like flashes of the old DJ, but I'm not sold, but I feel like I could see why people would be. But when you look at Rory, it's just trash. Yeah, I get that. All right, well, who, who else you got in this range? Um, only other one guy, Morikawa for me, 10-2. I know people are going to say it's too expensive, but the dude, does. he competes with the best of them. Uh, we know that he can do well under pressure. When you look at his, just his par 71 appearances and the 36 that he has over the last 50 rounds, he ranks 13th. Isn't great, but it's not a big sample size. But his good drives, which distance and accuracy, is third. His tee to green game is 12th. Uh, his GIRS gain is 9th, and his ball striking is 11th. I mean, you need to have an all-around game here to really compete, and he's got it all. Not to mention, he plays the best when it's not really that windy. Uh, so I'll take that. And it's an easy course. I'll take that. Uh, he really hasn't done poorly. I mean, he's won twice in the last four events he's played uh, since the Travelers when he just was terrible. But he bounced back and won the workday. So I don't know. He seems like he's got his entire game together from, from off the tee to putting. So I think this is another way he can just come back again and, and rocket himself up the, the world golf rankings. My, my, my issue with Morikawa here is two things. One, like stats-wise, he's going to pop everywhere. He's he's an elite talent, but where where I worry about him is his putter. You look at his win at the Workday Charity Open, he almost gained five strokes putting, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and that was a weaker field, so he could get away with it. At the PGA Championship, 8.1 strokes gained putting. That's insane. It is. 8, 8.1 <clears throat> strokes gained putting at the PGA Championship. Hasn't played since then. I think for Morikawa to top 10, he needs an incredibly hot putter, especially at this track. I'm not going to bank on it. No, but look, g- at the, look at the API. He lost 2.4 stroke putting and got ninth. Right. But if you look at the Arnold Palmer, he was insane on approach. Like, it's almost like if, like, if Morikawa is going to win... He needs to be insanely, crazily good somewhere. And I'm not saying he can't, right? At the workday, he was insane on approach, too. He was 9.2 iron, like yeah. 9.2 strokes gain. We talk about this guy like having irons like Tiger Woods. And and, and it's we don't we hear that every weekend when he is lighting a course up. Like, don't get me wrong. We but should. The, the, do, do you want to risk it with that ownership leverage in this field with so many options? I don't know. I'm, I, if it burns me, it burns me, especially considering the fact like he's like the low tier of this upper tier, right? Um, I'm just not gonna buy it. I think 
Morikawa easily can kind of coast through this and get to East Lake and then get to the to U.S. Open. Is and it insulting that he's priced higher than John Rahm? No, no, it's not. You don't think? I don't think it's insulting. The guys, the guy's been playing so much better golf. I mean, Rahm won the Memorial. Was that a fluke win? I don't know. Look, I mean, look at his February statistics. His January and February golf. Second, 10th, 2nd, 9th, 17th, 3rd. I mean, if you look at like the year of golf that we've got, if we don't count the break, Rahm is definitely playing better or at least, I would say, slightly better golf than Morikawa. But I mean, I even stats-wise, no, no, he grades out ninth for me. Morikawa's 13th. You look at the last tournaments, the last four or five, Morikawa's better. He's got two wins. Johnny Rahm yeah, has but that's one. Not re- yeah, all right. Come on, man. Yeah, but no. I'm actually surprised he doesn't cost more than DJ. That, yeah, little, I think uh, that I think I think that's the travesty that Rom is below Dustin Johnson, and Dustin Johnson in, yeah, in, in his last to- four tournaments played has a withdraw, which technically was a miscut because he yeah. sucks so bad at the three and open, missed the cut at the Memorial, and then tied for twelfth, tied for second. But uh, he, I mean, the the two guys below him in the same kind of tournament range have wins or multiple wins, so that's kind of embarrassing. I agree with you on the the DJ part. Yeah, DJ should be the bottom tier. In my, opinion. in my opinion, um, yeah, it's it's more of an ownership leverage thing. I think people are gonna go to Rom here because he's ten thousand, and they're gonna remember the memorial. The problem is at the memorial, he was sub ten k. It was like easy play. Let's line it up at ten k. It's not just like let's put Rom in and and say we're gonna do well. I think he doesn't fit that price point yet, where you just lock him in in every lineup. Yeah, no, I agree. I had him in like 85 to 90 percent of my lineups at the Memorial, and I was playing a, like 150 max then. Oof! I know it's crazy. I remember that. Won a lot of money at the Memorial. I'm sure you did. Last week, not so much. Not so much. No, no good. All right, but Court Morikawa, I get it. He's in play statistically. He's in play. I, I have no arguments about you know his game other than his putter. And he lives. In, he's going to live and die with his approach game and his part. That's really what it comes down to. Now, you think with no course history here, after winning the PGA Championship, is he going to come back and win back-to-back? It's easily possible. Don't get me wrong. It's just for me, I'm, I'm not going to do a complete fade of him, but he's going to be like chalk dog in this range, right? He's 10 to 20-some percent owned, maybe higher. Uh, I, I just I, I can't. I can do it, but... The GPP player in me says, "Don't do this it." Says, "Don't." Says, "Can't do it." Says, "Don't, don't do it." But don't. I'll play. I'll play a little bit of him. Play a little yeah, bit. I understand that. Uh, might as well ask JT. Any nope. interest? Fat fade. Why? I am just not on the JT train. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I can't play them all, and I'm not. Eleven three. Nah. And he's. Nah. No. Just no. I'm playing Bryson. I don't play a lot of lineups anymore, so I'm I'm just I'm settling in on who I'm settling in on, and it's, and it's Bryson and Colin Morikawa. Okay, I'm not going to be wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, let's go to the nine K range. Let's. And this really, really, really has some interesting options here. I, I think DK did a very excellent job of like spacing out. 
these golfers um, between the uh, upper tier, this 9K range, 8K range, 7K range, etc. The three guys that I like here are X, Alexander. I love Cantlay, but I think so does everybody else. Yeah, we're all buff Cantlay, yeah. And Patrick Reed. Ugh. 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 <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. All right, so so we're gonna start with Xander. Xander ranks, um, he ranks fifth overall in my confidence ranking. In my overall stat ranking, ranks fifth as well. And I love his scoring ability, love his approach rank, and his fairways and greens, like coming off the fairway. Where we're gonna worry about Xander, obviously, is with the putter, as we always do. But I think X is a good play. I think he's gonna come low owned. And when you look at his tournament history here. Xander finished tied for 49th in 2018 and then tied for 53rd in 2017. Obviously, being 9,700, it's a little different. You're taking more risk, especially if you finish in one of those positions. You're not going to be making too much money, maybe min-cashing, which is not something we really want to do. But nevertheless, I like Xander. I like his game for this course, and I'm going to play him. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're going for. But. I mean, the recent forums there, right? Tied for 10th, yeah, but, tied for 6th, tied for 13th, tied for 14th. Yeah, but going back to like in the 2018 Northern Trust, and, and he wasn't in the greatest form, but he came in second in the Open three weeks before the Northern Trust. Then you go back to 2017, and he was 13th WGC, 20th at the Open, first at Greenbrier. I mean, he was in pretty good form leading up to both those events, and you saw where it ended up in the 40s. And 50s. I don't know. I, I just, something about this course doesn't seem like he does well here. Well, we always look at like the certain metrics and, and how a player. Statistically, team. he looks good. I mean, even his recent form looks good. It does, but I'm just saying that he's got good a top 20 years. in one, two, three, four, five straight events. Yeah. Right? It's just a lot. 9,700 is a lot. I mean, since coming back, he had his worst finish is a 64th. So he hasn't missed a cut. On top of that, Third at the Schwab, twentieth at the Travelers, fourteenth at the Workday, thirteenth at the Memorial, sixth at the WGC, tenth at the PGA. I mean, remember when Billy Ho got hot during the playoffs? I do. I mean, he was priced up, right? I he, I assume he was priced up. I don't remember, but probably. Uh, Xander fits that mold, man. He's priced up. I don't think he's overpriced. I think I think he's just playing I think he's really overpriced. good golf. I think he's overpriced. Fine. All right, who else you got in the? Or who do you have in this? Uh, I'll tell you who I have, and he, he and it's and it's blasphemy that he's priced below Xander. Xander should be way below ninety seven hundred. Jason Day at ninety three hundred, and I've been on the Jason Day train all year, and it has worked for me pretty much all year. Uh, seventh at the Workday, fourth at Memorial, sixth at WGC, fourth at the PGA. I mean. He's, and it's all around. The only time he's ever lost strokes in the last four events he's played is back at the Memorial when he lost 0.1 strokes off the tee. I mean, the guy's been on fire. His tee to green game has been 6.2, 6.27, and 9.6 strokes gained from tee to green. And that's exactly what you need here. And you look at his history, you know, it's not, I mean, last 2018, he got cut. Okay, he wasn't playing that great in 2018. Then he has a 25th, a 15th, a 12th, and a 7th. I mean, I don't know how you price a guy who is repeatedly in the top 10 for the last four events under Xander. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm playing, a t- and his stats don't even look, they don't pop here, which is fine because he, he's played here and he's played well and he's, he's on fire. So I think he goes overlooked and I'm going to play a ton of Jason Day this week. 
I I see it. It's just I feel like I, I'm going to play him. I want to I want to preface that. <laughs> I'm going to play him. <laughs> but like Jason Day's like for me, he's always one of those players where like when it's too good to be true, he just comes back and burns you. And yeah, I, can, I, I can agree with you there. And I'm getting that sniff of that. <laughs> like, we're on bent greens where, you know, he never putts well on bent greens. I'm not saying he can't win. He hasn't done well on bent greens before in prior tournaments. He has. But it's most definitely by far his worst putting surface when you compare it to, like, Bermuda or, or Pohana. We're looking at a fourth place at the PGA Championship, sixth place at the St. Jude, fourth at the Memorial, seventh at the Workday. He's got enough FedEx points where he's already going to play next weekend and probably make it to East Lake if he plays well next weekend. Like, I don't know, man. It just smells like like play Jason Day. It's a, it's a lock. But, God, he's just going to suck and burn you. Because that's what he does. Yeah, he does. Like, the stars are aligned. Play Jason Day, and then all of a sudden, boop, fuck you, motherfucker. I mean, you're not wrong. All right, so the last 50 rounds on Bent Greens, he breaks 102nd in opportunities gained. That, that's a red flag for me. But where he does well, obviously, is strokes gained par 5. You talked about strokes gained par 4s. In those par 4s with the 450 to 500 range, ranks 20. Uh, I'm sorry, he ranks 35th. 35th in this field. In That's that okay. Range in the last fifty rounds, which is okay. So like, there, there there's plenty of validity to put him in your lineup. I because just, he's only really played good in the last sixteen rounds. God, I also hate giving gut plays too because the, it's not a gut play. It, it is for me because I'm saying he's going to be bad. Oh, okay, fair enough. And That's that fair. motherfucker who's tracking all my picks was like, dude, all your gut plays suck. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Now you're uh. making me second guess my shit. So, anyways, like. Uh, the one fantasy national stat that has me concerned is that ops gained, right? The opportunities gained. Yeah. He's 9,300. You can go up to, like, Axe. I mean, you can go up to, like, Johnny Rahm. I, that's not really going up. That's just paying up. But, like, going down to Patrick Cantlay is, is a little safer to me. Going down to Patrick Reed, who I think is just, like, every time I don't want to play Patrick Reed, he just comes out and he does something amazing. So that's kind of where I'm at at Jason Day. Am I going to end up with him? Probably somewhere, somehow. Not as a core play, though. For sure not a core play in a 3 max or a 20 max. I think he's a core play for me, honestly. I'm going to take a shot here. and I'm taking a stand on Jason Day. I could be wrong. I took a week off. Maybe I'm just not in sync, but yeah, I'll, I'll want it. All right. Do we do we talk about Patrick Cantley yet? We, we don't because everyone else is going to, but... Yeah, we don't. Uh, if you listen to another podcast, they'll go in high depth on on, on Patrick Cantlay. Um, what he's a great play. He has a chance to win, and he's playing good golf. Yeah, he's playing really, really good golf, and he ranks top ten in just every major stat category that you like. He's a yeah. solid play, ninety two hundred. But everyone already knows this. You're not getting any leverage. Chalky. Chalky. I'd still play him. If you don't want to play him, bet him. If you don't want to bet him, play him. If you don't want to play him, or bet him. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Uh, Patrick Reed, I know you don't like it, but the guy is like on a money-making mission this year, right? First of all, you look at his tournament history, 35th, uh, 2018, 6th, 5th, 4th, tied for 74th. So he he hasn't missed a cut since 2014, and he's got three top 10s. It's a $9,000 guy who has three top 10s at this course. Why not? You tell me why not, all right? You look at his recent form, tied for 9th last weekend, tied for 13th, tied for 14th, tied for 10th at the Memorial, 
tied for 39th at the Workday Charity Open. Now, I know people are going to say, well, he'll miss the cut to take a break to get ready for the U.S. Open. The fact is, once they go to Eastlake, they have time off before the U.S. Open. He most definitely could muscle his way through. I, I, I think he's on a mission this year, man. He's going to get to Eastlake. He wants to compete for that $15 million. I like Reed here at 9K. Wait a second. What? Are you telling me that he has played nine weeks in a row no he took a week off so he's played eight out of nine weeks yeah oh get real i didn't even think about that no i don't want any part of it not a chance you're just making shit up no way he's not sunjay m he's fatrick reed no i'm sorry he he gets a fucking crispy cream and he's good get out of here get out he there's no way i'm sorry what what is his price i don't even i don't even want to know do i nine thousand dollars oh god no no. What is it? So his last 50 rounds, you know, his good drives as a par, se- par 71 courses, 113th in the field. 113th in the field. Everyone's no. got flaws in their games. We just talked about flaws you in need to be good. You need to have at least distance and accuracy in some way. Like, just be middle of the field. 113. So he's on my... I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Because he's in another segment for me. I'm going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I wonder what that's. Uh, wonder what segment that is. Clever monsters and guarantees. Not he still should be priced. No, I'm just kidding. It's not all that. All right, bad. all right, all right, all right, all right. Eight K range. Eight K range. Eight thousand. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. I, I, I'm buying me some Tiger Woods this weekend. Oh God, not again. Why? He's eighty-seven hundred. Do I need to go over it again? Yeah, go over it again. Jeez. I wasn't going to do it, but... 24th in 2018. I don't know what your problem is. 24th? Okay. Great. Are we we're still going to go... No. No. He got 37 in the PGA. I, I said 38th. I'm sorry. I was off by one. Okay. And that was just... Oh, man. You were still no. wrong. By one position? No. And it was like a T37 with like a thousand other people. So no. No. His off the tee game has just been suspect from since we, since he's come back. You don't need to scramble here. You can be off the tee. He's going to bomb it down the course, hit his nice little fade, and his irons are going to be on point. Oh, God. Oh, what's, what's his putter going to do? Nothing. Because they ain't done nothing yet in this, since he's been back. I'm not worried about Tiger Woods. And his round the green game hasn't been good either since he's been back. Dude, it, it's supposed to be hot in Boston, too. Like, 80-some degrees. So, like, no, we're not going to worry about his back getting tightened It is up. not 80 degrees. It's going to be, like, high. Hold on. Hold on. I thought I went over this already. Is not, you know, now you're making me lose my my place because I already went over that and I gotta open it back up. What are you doing to me here? What are you doing? To me? Hold on. High seventies. Still fine, perfect. And for if, the you're golf, if you're golfing, if you're golfing in the morning, it's I'm mid-70s. telling you right now, for a top ten, all you're waiting for is is Tiger Woods is is that putter uh, to get going. That putter gets going. Did... He's gonna win these tournaments. He's gonna no, top five, top ten these tournaments. He's got elite iron play, just like Morikawa. Are you just saying because Tiger Woods old that he can't he can't do the same things? Well, okay, he can't do the same things as Kyle Morikawa now anymore. But his irons, when they are on and his putting is on, he has a good a chance as anyone to win this tournament specifically. Look, last fifty rounds, he ranks third in approach in the field. Okay, 
on bent greens. He ranks fourth in birdie or better gain, 11th in opportunities gain, ninth in strokes gain par five. That little par four magic number range, that 450 to 500, he's top 40. Okay, I'm not worried about the driving distance. Like you don't have to, like the rough is not going to be that penalizing here. Give me some are, tiger. Give me the there tiger. Are Fifteen Grr. people Grr. that have better odds than him to win. Grr. One of those is a guy who can't win in Hideki. Grr. No, yeah. he's forty. He's forty to one. I don't care no. what Tiger Woods is. You you should if you want to play him because he's not going to win. Are the top ten odds out yet? They're not, are they? Whatever. No, no, just don't do it. All right, give me your money maker. Hey, it doesn't have to be a money maker, but he's good. he will definitely finish higher than Mr. Tiger Woods. Def- at least he's definitely. Oh, definitely. I already know where you're going. You don't. Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Tony Finau. Yeah, obviously you're gonna go there. Why wouldn't I? I mean, he's a better play for a hundred more. At least his price better. I mean, I'll give him that. At least they didn't price him above. I mean, okay. He- <laughs> Price he, he cost $100 more. Yeah, and, he's, and he has the, the history to back it up. I mean, the fourth last week or two, at the PGA, okay, he didn't do well at the St. Jude's. Not even a cut event, so who cares? The third at the 3M Open and eighth at the Memorial. And the, and the events that count, the dude has four, three of three top tens. And you're going to tell me that he, he's comparable to Tiger Woods? Look, no. here, here's the thing. Tiger. This course is tailored for players like Tiger Woods. He's long enough off the tee. And he's like dead accurate with his irons. If he can putt, he's going to be an elite play versus someone like Tony Finau. And there's two caveats here that I want to mention if we compare the two. Okay, the first thing, everyone's going to be on Tony Finau, right? His game aligns very well for this course as well. So you're going to look at 20% Tony Finau and you're going to look at single-digit ownership Tiger Woods. Tony Finau, we've talked about this countless times, can't win a fucking tournament. Neither can Tiger. Not right now, he can't. What? Not right now, he can't. <laughs> what? He's okay. The last thing he won is the Zozo. Oh my God. We. I mean, let's be serious. The Zozo is not the, the premier tournament on the PGA Tour. Okay, he won the Masters back in 2019. That was over a year ago, by the way. Uh, so, I mean, what what have you done for me lately? Okay, so Nothing. you're gonna say <laughs> he wins one. So, okay, let's let's see how many tournaments does he win a year? Well, he he wins one tournament a year, right? It's okay, more is this than Tony Fino wins. Is, is that going to be this one? It's more than Tony Fino wins. And what are you talking about? Tony Fino did not win the Zozo. I didn't say. It. I said Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger Woods won the Zozo. So we're going to say he's good. He's back to his his status because he won the Zozo. No, he won the Masters. I'll give him the Masters. I will give you the Masters 2019 and the Tour Championship of 2018. But you know what he's done before that? Not a damn thing. He hasn't won. He didn't win anything leading up to that since 2013. Okay. Get out of here. When is the last time Tony Finau won a PGA Tour event? Oh, hey, again. When is the, no, 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 no. When is the last time Tony Finau won a PGA Tour event? I don't want to scroll back that far, but you know what I keep running across when I keep scrolling back to 2018? A second at the Northern Trust from Tony Finau. So there you go. You're the welcome. Puerto Rico. You're welcome. Open. Oh, okay. On par with the Zozo. 2016. Do On not, par. do not tell me that Finau is a great leverage hedge play from Tiger Woods. He's going to be 20 percent. Oh no, 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 no. The no. smarter I, tournament play here is Tiger Woods, hands oh, down, bar none. You, Mister, are incorrect. 
You're incorrect. You're ridiculous. I, not, I never once said it was a leverage. Play. You're ridiculous. I just said it's a better play. The goat. You're ridiculous <laughs> to doubt the goat. The greatest the goat. player we have seen. Reinvented Listen. golf. Still inventing golf. Reinventing golf. No. I, I'm just not playing Tiger Woods. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to... If he was in the lower 8Ks, maybe like upper 7s, I would definitely be all over him. But there's no way I'm paying 8700 for Tiger Woods. He's 40 to 1. No. 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 All right. So we, we have to move on. We can't sit here and talk about Tiger Woods the entire time. We could. We but could. But, but we're not going to. All right. So... I'm pretty sure we're probably going to be in agreement on this because we both tend to like him when he's playing well, and that's Paul Casey. Yeah. Um, you look at Paul Casey's recent results, and, and again, on the suck line last week, I said fade him because of ownership. That was stupid. Even though he actually didn't pay off. You know, he finished 31st at the window, but second at the PGA Championship, 67th at the WGC St. Jude. Miscut at the 3M Open, miscut at the Memorial, but his game is kind of tailored for this course. And plus, his best putting service by far is Bent Greens. So we're going to look at some support, uh, some positive things there for Paul Casey. When you look at him um, in the last 50 rounds, he ranks seventh in that like kind of like magic par four range, that 450 to 500 yards. Um, fourth in approach, fifth in ball striking, 14th in strokes gained par five. Where I worry about is those birdie or better gains and the opportunities gained. This is a scoring course, and if he's not scoring with that putter, like he's just going to fade away. And that's kind of where I worry about Paul Casey here in this 8K range. Yep, I'm with you. I, 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 he's one of my favorite plays in the range, so I won't, I won't even debate it because I like it. Okay, who else you got? Uh, so I'll go. So if I wanted a leverage play off of Tiger Woods, and I'm not worried about how bad they've been playing recently, as I would drop all the way down to 8K and play Justin Rose, because I just think that one, he's underpriced at 8K. I get it. He hasn't been playing great. He did terrible last week at the Wyndham, but he came in ninth the week before at the PGA. So, I mean, he's been bouncing around. And he missed the three cuts prior to that, but then he had a 14th at the RBC Heritage and a third at the Schwab. So, we know he's got it in there. I don't know what his problem is, but you look at his history here, and it's actually really solid. He had a second in 2018, a 10th in 2017, and a 57th back in 2016. That's all I'm going to doesn't matter. So, let's just throw that out. His last two events, he's top 10. Um, you look at his, like, just looking at par 71. Strokes gain, par four, he ranks third. And that's the, the best you can ask for for a guy who's 8K on the, the easiest scoring holes on the course. He's 16th in TD Green, 11th in Birdies or Better Gain on par 71 courses. And uh, he ranks 17th overall for me and my model. So I think at 8K, Justin Rose is a steal. Yeah, I think Justin Rose is is kind of a steal. And, and last week at the Wyndham, we watched him just struggle in, in round one. I, don't, um, I just don't know what his, he's so up and down. I don't know what the problem is. But. Well, you, you know you fired his swing coach, right? Oh, see, I didn't know that. So he, he is he is currently his own swing coach. That's but dangerous. like you look you look at like round two last week and his strokes gained. Um, he he gained a stroke putting, but where he struggled in the first round versus like the second round um, was his approach. And if you saw it at the PGA Championship, he was way off. I don't even know how he was successful. At the PGA Championship, like he was, he was yeah. in, impeccable around the green at that tournament. But um, you know, I, I saw some things that were positive for me for Justin Rose. So I, I don't know if I'm going to consider him maybe in my three max or like a twenty max or 150 max. If I had to pick, I would probably go and fade him in my three max. But I would add him in those MMEs. Um, 
But I feel like a lot of people are looking at the same data we are, and that ownership might kind of jump because of that. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm worried about is ownership because he's so cheap. So, like, right now, single-digit ownership, but if people keep talking him up, it, it's going to move quickly. So, we'll, we'll see. I got a lot of guys I like in this range, but only one more that I really want to talk about. But guys I like are Scotty Scheffler. You know, he's my boy. I love going back to him, even though, you know, he, he burns me so often. Um, Victor Hovland, you just got to get a hot putter going. I'm yeah. curious, Tommy Fleetwood, you going back or no? No, I have no Fleetwood this week. No Fleetwood? Okay. Nope. No Ducky? Nope. No interest in Ducky? No, I mean, I get it. But no, I just don't have the room for him this week. Okay. I, well, I like a little bit of Adam Scott, maybe. I like Adam decided. Scott, too. I, I haven't like decided if I'm going there yet. And then maybe uh, Hatton. Well, that's who I was going to go next to. Like, oh, go ahead. The guy just keeps burning me, and I keep playing Terrell Hatton, playing Terrell Hatton, and he just sucks. Like, burn the shit out of me at the PGA Championship. I had him as a core play in, like, three of five three-max tournaments. Long story short, 12th place finish here in 2018 – we know what Hatton brings to the table in my fairways and greens model. He ranks 20th overall. In my approach model, he ranks 19th. Like, his game fits this course. I'm going to go back to Terrell Hatton with full confidence. You look at his approach ranking, 23rd in the last 50 rounds, 29th in ball striking. I, I, I have to do it. I mean, call, call it pain for myself because his worst putting surface is bent greens, but... I'm going to have pieces of Terrell Hatton, especially when you look at not his recent form with the PGA and the St. Jude, but you look at fourth at the Rocket Mortgage, third at the RBC Heritage, first at the API. You know that the the, the talent is there, so I, I'm going to go back to Hatton this weekend. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I, I love Hatton as a play this week. Okay, so let's move down to the seven K range and. Is it the weekend to buy Ricky Fowler, especially yes. after that putt? Yes. That brutal motherfucking putt. It is the weekend. I think this is this is the weekend because he has won this event before. And we can we can't say that very often about Ricky Fowler that he's won an event before, but this is one that he has. So there is a is a sense of confidence here that I think he can lean on because he and he even did well back in 2017. He got 13. I mean, I know it's a different Ricky Fowler back then, but I think, if anything, this is the week he can repeat itself. And, and, and overall, even with the putt, I mean, his all-around game has been pretty solid, minus the the memorial where it was kind of ugly. Well, I think there's one factor that leads me right to Ricky Fowler as 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 it it's a time to buy, especially his price being seventy nine hundred and. And I think that price is very is indicative of the fact that he can't win. That's fine. I, I think it's also indicative of his talent level. He's I just mean, even if he even if he can't win seventy nine hundred, he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't have to. He doesn't but, have to get top ten. I mean, the guy's an elite putter, and he's putting on his best putting surface. Like Ricky Fowler makes so much sense here. And you, on top of that, like he's such a good par five, par four player, ranks third and second respectively oh. in the, in the last fifty rounds on bent greens, twenty third in opportunities gained, twenty second or birdie or better gain, thirteenth in strokes gained total, ranks top thirty overall in that particular model I have on Fantasy National, oh. so it, it, he's in play for sure. 
And he's top I, 20 in odds to win. I mean, Yeah, price, how much of that me. is just Ricky Fowler being Ricky Fowler and the marketing and everything else on TV? I don't know. I think him priced this low, he should be, his odds should be a little bit higher. I would expect it to be a little bit higher. I just think he's under. I think he's. It just shows that he's underpriced. Fair enough. I mean, it's hard to say. It really is. He's you look priced at, right below Justin Rose. I mean, you look at his course I mean, projection, like his average DK points on this course particularly. He's yeah. fourth in the field. Fourth in right. the field exactly. behind behind the. I don't know how many events these are compiled throw, but but like he's fourth in the field behind like DeChambeau and Abraham Answer. Um, on this course style, so I, I think I took like a lot of Bent Green's courses that are kind of similar style. I know um, Sawgrass was one, Augusta was another, Sedgefield. He, he was sixth in the style projection with like yeah. 71 points. Mm. Course suitability rank, that's a Lee Aldrich uh, stat, fourth. So Ricky Fowler's in play, and uh, I hope he's overlooked. I really do. I hope so too. I hope so too. So, all right. Who else you got in this range? Um, you know, uh, I think I really like Gary Woodland at seventy eight hundred. Yeah, me too. I, I know, I know he's going to be owned, but I mean, the guy has he's played here all the way back to twenty fourteen, and he's never got less worse than thirtieth, uh, and he's made the cut every time. I mean, that alone says he's comfortable on the course, and he's been playing pretty decent golf. I mean. Overall, he, he is. Uh, I can't even talk. I, I like him so much. His birdie's better gained on par seventy one courses is seventh. His, his par four stroke gained is twenty first. Ball striking is fourteenth. And then we look at his kind of his recent history. Uh, not talking about this course it hasn't been great. So he's been struggling since the workday where he got fifth. But I think he comes back and of course he's comfortable with. And we see another top twenty five Gary Woodland, which is really all you want for seventy eight hundred. Put up some birdies and help your lineup. I love Gary Woodland this week. Yeah, I, you know what I don't love that we're on the same page on this. I know that's range. scary. That's scary. <laughs> um, all right. So one of the last guys I want to mention this range is Neiman. I think he burned a lot of people last weekend at the Wyndham. He, he was putting on uh, on Bermuda, so you always take a risk with a guy who struggles with the short stick anyway. Um, compile that with Bermuda's one of his worst putting surfaces but now we're on bent greens and bent greens are, are are the only putting surface where he has a positive strokes gain so I'm going to go straight back here just based on reduced ownership and the upside on Neiman he's never played here before so don't really have any course history but just those metrics that we're, we're counting is highly valuable valuable Neiman fits the mold as a solid play I'm looking at single digit ownership because he burned so many lineups last weekend just because he made the cut right but he just he sucked he sucked all weekend long on a course where you're supposed to dominate. But he's yeah. fifth in the field in opportunities gained, 17th in the last 50 rounds in birdie or better gains, 17th in approach, 13th in ball striking. Ranks top 50 in all the, all the other major stack uh, categories, but 22nd in driving distance, 15th in strokes gained total. I like Neiman here, 7,200. He's almost in that 7,000 6K range. Are you kidding me? I'll take some Neiman here. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all there. All right, so other guys I like in this in this 7K range are like Horschel, Matt Wolf, Ryan Palmer, Henley, um, HV3. Those are guys I'm going to play and, and kind of like look to see and make some of them core places. I, I'm not quite sure where they, they currently lie, but those are some 7K guys that I like. 
Yeah, other guys that I'm looking at that I haven't really decided on are Billy Ho, Answer, and I think Doc Redman. I mentioned him in the gambling segment, and then you already mentioned Henley. I like him, and then I might have a little bit of Ryan Moore. I haven't really decided where I'm going with that yet or how I really feel, but I had some interest initially. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this takes us to can't do it. Won't do it. This is the cut line segment where we tell you who we can't play. Golfers looking at double digit ownership. Players we want none of in our lineups. Zach, kick it off. Kick it off. I mean, I already got worked out about it already, but I'm not playing Patrick Reed. I'm just not playing a $9,000 Patrick Reed. Okay. Yes, he has done well here in the past. He's got plenty of great stats. He pretty, he did well at the Wyndham, but, you know, whatever. Ninth at the Wyndham? Okay, fine. But before that, PGA 13th, WGC 47th, Memorial 10th, Workday 39th, Rocket Mortgage miscut. I don't, you know, there's nothing better than 10th in there, and you're paying $9,000 for a guy who maybe grades out well. Maybe? I don't think so. No, you're gonna double-digit ownership for Patrick Reed. I, I, no, he can't scramble. No, he can't. He can't. He can't drive the ball at all. And you, you want a guy whose tee to green game is outstanding here. Well, the numbers I have, when you look at shorter courses, which he just does not do well on, 44th in ball striking, 88th in GRS gain, and 113th on good drives. I mean, I don't know what planet you're from, but. If you're not above 50 in all those categories, you're probably not going to win. And I would put my a, a lot on it that he finishes outside the top 10 this week. A no lot, way. a lot on Can't it. Can't do. It. I will put. I don't even know what I want, I want to put on it yet. But he's not going to finish top 10. I'm going to come up with something, but he's not finishing over top 10. I'd be surprised if he finishes inside the top 15. God, man, you hate Patrick Reed. I do. I, me and Patrick Reed have had some serious issues in the past, like years ago. And it has, I don't even remember what they are, but I just remember that they were bad enough where every time I see his name, I just think I have to find a reason not to play him. And I found plenty of them this week, so I cannot do it. All right. So, so my can't do it is more of an ownership putting play. And that's Daniel Berger. I mean, you look at the stats. He's been on fire. 13th at the PGA, 2nd at St. Jude. Had a miscut, the Memorial, big deal. 3rd at the RBC Heritage, 1st at the Schwab. You know, like, the year has been incredible for Daniel Berger. Like, and it's very warranted. Um, He doesn't need to win to move on. He's probably going to make it to Eastlake. But his worst putting surface by far is Bent Green's. I'm not a fan of Berger's game here because of that. You're going to need putts to score and to win. And I don't think Berger is going to fit that mold, especially at like 22, 23% ownership. Everyone's looking at the same data we are. But when you look at the last 50 rounds on Bent Greens, he's really just not that good. Nothing pops. He's 58th in opportunities gained, 61st in approach, 54th in ball striking. And he's 93rd in that par four. I'm sorry, that's Reed. Whoops. He's 44th. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty par, bad, isn't he? <laughs> he's 44th in the par 4, 450 to 550 range. So he, he doesn't 
he doesn't really like strike that chord of like a must play, especially a 20 some percent ownership. Most people are going to be playing that recent form card. I get that. That is a strategy you can utilize. I'm just not buying the Daniel Berger here, especially on that putting surface. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do Berger double digit ownership. I don't disagree with you. I can't. I think it's Berger. like 20%. Yeah, that's that is absurd. It's absurd. All right, anyone else on your can't do it list? Uh, yeah, Tiger Woods is on my can't do it list. We've already been over that, so I'll, I'll let that go since we're short on time. Yeah, let that you know slide. why I'm not playing Tiger Woods, and I'm still not doing it. Um, I'm going to say this. Whoever is 20% plus owned in that 10K range, I'm more than likely not going to play. You can't play. So right now, I'm thinking that's going to be Morikawa and Rom, just because they're at the bottom end of that. Oof. And no one's going to want to buy 11 thousand dollar DeChambeau no one wants ten thousand eight hundred dollar Rory when they can go down to Morikawa who just won the PGA Championship or John Rahm who's ten thousand dollars and has that same upside it, it, it's more just a ownership leverage play and go somewhere else that's really all it is it's not a knock on their game at all that's fair all right, welcome to the MG Monsters and Guarantee where Zach and I will break down the 6k range with our monster yeah. Our 6K he player that we expect to finish in the top 25. And our guarantee, our 6K player that we guarantee will make the cut. Zach, this is your segment, brother. You always get to start this one. Oh, I love this week. I'm going to start with my monster this week. I, I really, I'm, I'm feeling it. I've been kind of, you know, on a little bit of a roll here with these these 6K picks again. And I'm, I'm starting to feel at home. And a guy I've been kind of off for a while, but I'm going to bounce back to here. And I, and I love that he's kind of rounding into form, coming in out of the window with a 15th, is uh, our old friend, Mr. Jason Kokrak at 6,800. Uh, to me, it's an interesting play. I mean, when you look at his par 71, nothing really crazy. Now, he ranks 39th overall in my model. His birdie or better game is 100, which is terrible. Um, but a lot of that is like chaff from just playing bad on some of these courses over the years. Because if you look at the Northern Trust as a whole, in 2018, he got 24th, which would meet our criteria. 2017, he got 53rd, doesn't meet it. 2016, he got 8th. He got cut in 15, and he got 16th in 2014. So he's made three of our monster criteria in five of the years that he's played here. And coming off another like a recent event where he would have made the criteria, I love it. Um, so for 6,800, I'm going to take a shot here where he, he's, he's coming out swinging. And it's not going to be a windy course, and that's great because he plays the best when it's calm. Um, yeah, he plays pretty good when it's easy courses. Bent grass is you know his second best putting surface. Uh, so I think if all the stars align, we can easily see Kokrak back in the top 25 this week. Interesting. Jason Kokrak. Koki doki. All right, so who's your guarantee? Oh, well, we're going to go straight to it. So guaranteed this week, I'm going to go with Mr. Bud Cauley at 6,600. And he's only played here once back in 2017. He got 47th. Uh, but, you know, he grades out 41st overall, which is good enough for me. Uh, 7th in scrambling, which I kind of like. Uh, his GIRS gained is 45th. T to green, 34th. Braves better, 44th. So he's kind of middle of the field everywhere, so I think he's a relatively safe pick uh, for your for your lineups here. And the last three three events he's played in, uh, he, he's made the cut. Another he got fifteenth at the Wyndham again last week, thirty uh, seventh at the PGA and forty fourth at the Memorial. 
I mean, he's kind of all over the place. So, like, yeah, his TD Green game's been good, but he either struggles off the tee or on approach or with his putter. Uh, so, you know, you just got to pick your poison. As long as the rest of those are working, he should find his way in the middle of the field here. And for 6,600, I think he's a solid addition to a guy that'll get you some points and not tank your lineup. Nice. Hmm. I like your uh, I like your moves and analysis there, sir. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to dig deep in this, this, this cesspool of 6Ks, which I love to be in. Uh, but what about you? What you got? What you got going on this weekend? All right. So, looking at my model specifically in terms of like the guys I like for my monsters and guarantee, my my first guarantee is going to be Sam Ryder. Okay, and the reason I'm going with such a low guarantee is so you can pay up elsewhere. But six um, K in the last fifty rounds and opportunities gained on Ben Green's twenty twentieth and birdie or better gained. 18th in strokes gained approach now where i'm concerned is that magic par 4 range that 450 to 500 range but i'm willing to overlook it being that he's 6300 he's top 10 in opportunities gained which is one of my favorite stats on fantasy national and you look at his putting on on bent greens and it's just it's even it's it's not his worst surface like he's terrible on poa but he's okay on bent greens now he's missed the cut at the Wyndham and missed the cut at 3M Open, so he's coming into bad form. And, and I hate doing that, but we know these 6K guys are so volatile. And to prove that, before these two missed cuts, finished seventh at the workday, right? Yeah. So you know, if the putter gets hot, he's got a great chance. I think he's a good guarantee to make the cut. I like that. Good right. call. Was that my mon- no? He was my guarantee. No, it's your guarantee. All right. So my monster is and i'm obviously scrambling because i'm switching it up. i know because you switched your guarantee too you threw me off i was like yeah that's not who i thought you were gonna pick um but i'm gonna go to kevin streelman so looking at streelman putting on bent greens never mind i'm not doing streelman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. All right, I want to hear. Right. I want to hear this one out. All right, I need. You I need drive to just, I, I, I'm just gonna stay where I was gonna go with, and I'm gonna go with Patrick Rogers. It's a long shot. It's a shot in the dark. Statistically, the guy Strelman. does not match up very well. But like, if you look at his, like his suitability for this kind of course, he's an incredible. He is an incredible bent greens putter. In the last five tournaments he's played in, he's lost strokes in approach and around the green. So that's where he struggles. But he's made three straight cuts. So he's made the cut at the Wyndham. He's made the cut at 3M Open. And he's made the cut at the Memorial. So you're hoping for that putter to get hot and his approach game to kind of like fix itself. He has to have the approach game on, though, for him the top 25. Like it's a high-risk play. Don't get me wrong. It's a high-risk play, but I think it's worth it, and it's worth the risk to get him in a lineup here or there, especially if you're dipping down in the cesspool of 6K, which is garbage. I don't think you have to, by the way, in, you don't. in roster construction. But, you know, for the sake of the segment, we had to mention it. Yeah, it is definitely high-risk. I'll give you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. It's all over. 
That'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the Northern Trust at TPC Boston. Join us next week as we break down the BMW Championship, which is right in my neck of the woods at Olympia Fields. Nice. I know, man. I wanted to go so bad. You should. Just go. You can't. Break in. I know. But you should. can't go. Find a way. I want to thank you, the listener, for spending your time with us. It's this extra time. Expect these shows to be this long, being that we have new segments. Zach, I want to thank you for your contributions thank to another you, kick-ass bro. show. Appreciate the work that you do for the cut line. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Michael Cavalunas. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas, L-I-U-N-A-S. Of course, you can find the cut line on Twitter at the cut line. Six to six through with plenty of wieners and winners. Trust your process. Get it done. Later.